my first experience with it was me judging an FFA. And that was probably where this all kind of spewed from. Like if that hadn't happened, good chance that I wouldn't be here right now. Welcome to Meets Pad, a platform dedicated to sharing breakthrough knowledge that is accessible to the meats industry. These discussions help foster and improve communication and knowledge dissemination within the meat science community. This podcast is brought to you by the U.S. Meat Export Federation, the Niche Meat Processor Assistance Network, the National Provisioner, Ultrasource, the new standard for innovation, Dry Age Pro, makes dry aging in-house flexible, safe, and affordable. Whirlpack, designed with intention for results you can trust. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Meatspad Podcast. My name is Francisco Nahar. And we continue with this wonderful conversations with meat leaders. For those of you that are first listeners, so we focus this uh, podcast a lot to help meat processors and addressing their question they may have uh, for all the way from animal welfare to processed meat manufacturing, uh, food safety, and but now we have a very good conversation with a very good friend of ours. Before we introduce him, welcome back, Doctor Bass. How are you today? Oh man, you know, um, I, I, it's it's uh, at the time of recording, it's early morning out here on the West Coast, uh, but I got my big boy coffee, um, and uh, and and honestly, um, it may be a little early for for most folks, but. Uh, we have to remember that most of our processing partners and, and folks listening out there, they've probably already put in a half day's work. And so I can't complain, honestly, man. I'm just, I'm just excited to be here like usual. <laughs> yeah, so we have an, a, a very special guest today. Uh, we have Noah Hall from Ultrasource. He's the director of Heal Floor and Processing. And uh, so for today's topic, I think he's, he's going to be a very good resource especially for those folks out there, meat processors that are trying to expand their knowledge as far as uh, meat processing and uh, some of the updates and regulations and, and, and whatnot. But we welcome Noah. How are you today? Great. Great. Thanks for having me, Francisco and, uh, and Dr. Bass. This is uh, super exciting. Big fan of the uh, podcast. Uh, as uh, like to say, multi-time listener, first-time caller. So. <laughs> well, we'll try to solve all your problems and, and questions here on our short call today then. <laughs> well, yeah. and you know, uh, you, Francisco kind of kicked things off here and, and was talking about, you know, there's always great resources out there. And um, we want to definitely emphasize, especially to the medium and small size processors out there to make sure to reach out to equipment and, and uh, resource suppliers such as yourself, you know. Um, Noah, can you tell us just a little bit about, um, about the company Ultrasource, about what you guys do and what you provide to the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So Ultrasource uh, is, has been around for more than 130 years, uh, based right here in Kansas City, Missouri. And what we offer to processors is uh, we deal with the equipment side from uh, the initial kill floor side into further processing all the way through to the packaging equipment, with we're, which we're a direct OEM here in Kansas City. And then we also do the supplies. And then something that, uh, that we also try and emphasize on is offering support to the processors, uh, similar to uh, what a lot of other networks are out there. Uh, we have a designated food scientist on staff 
as well as a, a few others with advanced degrees in food or meat science. And we really try and uh, present ourselves uh, as a resource that that processor can go to. Uh, we don't want to be just someone that you call when you need a piece of equipment or you call when you need a box of gloves or if you need to fix a piece of equipment. Like if you're trying to figure out where are some areas in your business that you can grow and improve on, uh, we want to be a resource for that as well. Awesome. I think, uh, I mean, I can, I can talk a little bit about how I got to, to meet Ultrasource, how to meet you and and other folks in that company. So I know you guys um, hold annually multiple um, meat science short courses throughout the year. And uh, so I had the, the privilege to come down from Manhattan to Kansas City to come help some of these uh, courses. And I know you guys have an, an English version, but also have a, a, a Spanish version. And I think I, that I found that amazing because uh, there's a lot of processors as well in Mexico, Central America, and South America that, that purchase and procure equipment from you. And, and this that you guys do to provide that uh, base knowledge on, on meat processing and just be open to, to host these courses for meat processors to come to Kansas City and, and just give them like in a couple of days like all that knowledge that they may need to, I mean, just to expand their knowledge. Can you tell us a little bit about this meat science uh, short course that you guys provide? And I know uh, all this COVID stuff, you guys may not currently uh, holding those, but please, please tell us more about that, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, so the Ultrasource Academy uh, that we do is a, a short course that's approximately two and a half days long. And it's really geared towards uh, covering a broad range of, you know, anywhere from basic meat science into further processing. Uh, we typically make about 20 to 25 products, you know, anything from jerky, bacon, hams, uh, and into, you know, your ground uh, meats as well as uh, some uh, emulsions as well. And just kind of talk through the processes. And it's a mix of classroom time as well as, uh, actually hands-on in our lab making the products. Like we try and make every one of the products uh, and processes that we talk about live and in person so that by the time they leave on that two and a half days, they can see what that stuff turned out like. Uh, I'd like to say it turns out perfectly every time, all the time, but you know, there's probably one or two that, that something doesn't go uh, right with, and that's fine. I mean, that is a teaching point uh, for the class and discuss and, and see that, hey, this is this is the real world. Uh, what happened? How do you avoid it? And, and what are things to do to improve it? And I always like to talk about the class too, that we bring up a lot of classroom time and we do a lot in the lab and we're talking a lot, but you know, in, in a, you know, we'll say pre COVID we'd have 15 to 20 processors in the classroom. And I like to think that there is at least 50% of the knowledge that they can gain from the course was by talking amongst themselves. And, and what they're doing, how they're doing their processes, what challenges they run into, how do they overcome them. And I think that uh, there's a lot of networking uh, opportunities within that course. And then, you know, when you get into the, uh, the Hispanic or, or Spanish speaking courses, I think that, you know, in some ways uh, that just goes to a whole nother level because I feel like uh, that, that specific uh, portion of the industry is really, really engaged and wanting to learn more, learn more about the process, how to do that. 
And, uh, you know, it's always, uh, it's always exciting when we get that, like we had one course where there was 17 people there and there was nine different countries represented. So it was, it was super interesting, super dynamic. And you also get to cover on the topic that, uh, chorizo in nine countries means nine different things. So (laughs) that's, you know, and that's something that I've, started to definitely learn recently is that uh, just because it's called one thing um, uh, across the board doesn't mean that it's exactly the same product. And man, you really hit on a few um, really good points that I want to make sure that our listeners are are taking home and, and, and taking to heart is that investing time into short courses, into conferences, into these learning opportunities it truly is it is an investment in their business, whether it's the actual leader that's doing that uh, in the company, uh, supervisor in the company, or uh, or or it's it's folks that you've you've you're you're putting that extra time in um, to help grow within the company, um, and honestly, that helps in many cases uh, with retention too. You know, you 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 put some of that investment in some of these folks. Um, you know, investing time, investing resources. Um, to learn more about uh, how to grow business. Um, I mean, that's an, that's an area that I, I, I always try to bring into my day job as a, as a teacher, as an educator, is uh, making sure that there is that applicability to things. Um, you know, you, you've already mentioned a little bit about um, uh, some of the products that you guys go through. Um, can you give some maybe specific examples of, of uh, where, and don't, you don't have to use names, of course, but specific examples of how some of these short courses have, have empirically grown businesses over time? Yeah, you know, I would say that, um, you know, the, we don't intend the uh, short course to be uh, used as a sales seminar in any ways, like we use our equipment and stuff, but I would say that, um, you know, frequently that someone will come in and go through the course and they'll see something in a process and all of a sudden like a light bulb will go off. And it's like, if I do that, I can save, you know, however many hours a day, uh, by going to that, you know, like I'll say that historically, like if you go back 15 years, I would say it was more common to say like going from a a piston stuffer to a vacuum stuffer that you could take what you used to do an eight hour day. And all of a sudden you figured out you could do it in one hour. And, and that's fantastic. And now it's kind of the same way with chamber machines and roll stock. Uh, If you can learn how to utilize that and stuff. And it just, I think one of the, one of the biggest challenges in the industry right now is finding uh, qualified labor that you can rely upon, it's gonna show up every day and you can rely on uh, them to be there for at least a little bit of time. You know, I think that you don't necessarily have to think of every employee needs to be there for 20 years, but if I'm gonna sink time and resources into training an employee, I need them to be around for at least three to five years. That's, that's always a target to, to recapture that value. And then after that, everything else is just pushing on into a whole nother uh, venture with your business and, and increasing opportunities. So getting employees to kind of understand and even realize that, hey, they can recognize when something's different or going wrong in a process uh, by them coming to the course sometimes takes that burden off the process or that as their business grows, 
they don't have to be the integral hand moving everything and be the only one that's relied upon to help that business grow. You know, yeah, and hey, hey, so you're emphasizing the idea of of uh, investing time into um, into employees and helping them become more effective, more efficient. But then also, it's empowering, right? It 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 uh, it makes them kind of an expert within your business, um, especially if they're the ones that went and learned on a new piece of equipment or learned a new technology. And that's that much more buy-in into the business, right? That you have folks that um, it, it is hard to find the right people to fit into the jobs, to have them reliable. And, and once you do, you want them to keep them, right? And so what a great opportunity for that. You know, and I also want to just touch on the idea, um, especially for those out there, medium and small size processors that are so busy, you know, your, your time is extremely valuable. Not only are you running the business and uh, you may also be the lead accountant, you may be the HR department and you're the food safety officer all in one, right? And um, it's hard to step away and take the time to make that investment in, in learning. Um, but an example I like to use is uh, in, in uh, many years ago, was, I was talking with a uh, medium to size, medium sized processor um, and they, they looked at me and said, Phil, you know, I didn't become a $5 million company by going to conferences and workshops. And I just wanted to tell them, you know, no, you're right. You could have been a $20 million company, you know, and it, it's kind of like, you got to take that step. You got to make that investment. Um, and it's so hard to get away. I do get that. Um, but by doing that, going to grow your employee empowerment you're going to grow your own knowledge um and and you're always going to learn something and building that network within the industry is so crucial and and what a what a great uh conduit what a great avenue you guys present to the industry so thanks and i i guess one thing that resonated with me is what you mentioned like noah they come maybe like people from nine countries or maybe within the US, people from 20 different states, they come together to a room and they have different mindsets and ideas about how meat has to be produced. And we go about doing this uh, differently than you, but I think that really, I mean, that really helps seeing and looking at how other people is producing cured meats or, I mean, that you don't have to go to another 20 different states per se. You just be there, be open to learn. And I think that's, that's, I mean, it has a lot of value. Yeah, and I would say too that like two examples that I like to use is that um, we had one person come three times to the, to the academy seminar over a course of probably five years, but they came three times and, you know, I had the conversation with them like, you know, why do you keep coming? Like the, we don't change the course content that much. And the way that he put it is that, you know, I never realized how much you guys were layering the information. Like the first time I came, I paid attention to a lot of the basic meat science. You know, I grabbed onto that, but you know, I, I got a little bit and I knew there was still some things I didn't understand. So I went back and even though you were saying a lot of the same content, the class was different. So you learned from some different people, but, I, I realized that there was more that was being explained that I didn't grab onto the first time. And then the same, same way, the third time he's like, every time I came, it was like, you were saying it in a new way, but it was really just, I've kind of grown into understanding it a little bit better. Um, 
Now on the, the other side of things too, like we've had attendees, uh, there was one that was a 30 year meat processor, had a master's degree in meat science from when he was at a university. And I'm asking him like, well, why are you coming to a course like this? And he's like, in all honesty, you know, in two and a half days, if I can pick up two or three things that make me think about why I'm doing the way my business is the way it is. Uh, he's like, you know, we made some decisions 10 years ago to do things a certain way because it was the right thing for our business at the time. And listening to the course makes me go, well, maybe that's, that's not the right way to do it anymore. And we need to go back and revisit it. And, you know, kind of changes the overall structure of, of how that's, how that's gone. So, I mean, there's, there's always, um, there's always something to be learned from each, uh, you know, each opportunity that you get to try and increase your knowledge. So we'll be right back. The Niche Meat Processor Assistance Network or NPAN is a proud sponsor of the Meats Pad podcast. Yeah, and you know, like you said, anytime you can get folks from different societies, different cultures, different countries, um, generally there is going to be a knowledge share of some sort. You're always going to pick something up, even if it's even if it's just getting to better know those different cultures and different groups of folks. Um, uh, that may be in indeed uh, opening up an opportunity for a new customer base as well. Maybe, maybe domestically, but also internationally. So who knows where things go? And I, and I love that, you know, you guys have the, the food science background, the meat science background. No, I know you have a meat science background. Can you uh, tell us just a little bit about your uh, expertise? Yeah, so uh, when I went to, uh, so I started out with uh, going to school at North Dakota State University, and I got an undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering. Um, and I was still tied to some of the agricultural groups while I was there, was really interested in that, and uh, had an opportunity to get a master's degree with Dr. Eric Berg uh, at North Dakota State University uh, on a project that kind of used a little bit of engineering uh, and some just kind of went off on interests that I had in meat science. And then started with Ultrasource as a food scientist, uh, meat scientist for uh, six years here at uh, in Kansas City. I uh, had a lot of fun going through all the seminars and, and the different opportunities to interact with customers. And then moved into our service manager role for a couple of years. And then just more recently, I moved into uh, our director of kill floor and processing role, just kind of helping that business uh, grow and develop and just working with uh, the team that we got here to try and, you know, sell some equipment and, and have fun while doing it, talking about meat. And uh, we're not above nerding out over a little dry cured salami every once in a while or, or something similar. So, <laughs> Well, and hey, I was actually a little surprised, too. I didn't realize you have a mechanical engineering background. What a what a cool different perspective you bring to things. You know, I, I, I'm a meathead through and through. I've been cutting meat since, you know, I could reach the table in my grandmother's garage kind of thing. Um, uh, I like to think I have a little bit of mechanical background, but you're really bringing a whole new dimension to things, which is really cool, by the way. And, you know, for, for our, uh, our, our listeners out there who may be in the, still the education world and still um, figuring out a career path, um, even if you have that interest in the meat side of things, you're a perfect example of, of um, uh, learning other 
uh, avenues and bringing like the, the mechanical uh, thought process into meat processing. You know, when, when I think of meat processing, I, I just, you know, I go to my, uh, my technology, which is a six inch boning knife um, and uh, <laughs> which hasn't changed much in many years. Um, but uh, companies like you, uh, Noah, like, uh, like Ultrasource uh, is definitely bringing some pretty cool technologies out there. So that's, that's a neat background. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, and, and I think one of the one of the things that I always like to say is that you know the the engineering side. Do I do anything with calculus or anything on a daily basis? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, I sold that book when I got done with the class, and and that's where it is. Uh, but I would say that the the thought process that you learned in and the problem solving approach that it emphasized just that's something that you use every day. And you know, I'll say that. Uh, the, from an education standpoint, on a daily basis, I probably use uh, less than 5% of what I learned in school. A lot of it's been learned afterwards, uh, but it really built a, a good foundation, and that's kind of the base for it. Um, but one, one thing that I like to talk about, too, and, and point out to you uh, that you pointed out, Phil, is kind of where you got your start in meat processing was at a young age. Um, and I'll point back to, you know, part of the reason where I transitioned from the engineering to the meat science background actually points back uh, into high school when I got exposed to meat judging uh, on the FFA level. And that's where uh, I think that that really, I'll say, sparked that interest in that meat and food science stuff. And it was kind of a unique situation, too, because um, we had a, a local advisor that had done meats judging, too. Uh, but there was also one from a, a town over uh, that was really, I'll say, kind of instrumental in helping develop that interest. And we worked out together with those teams. And uh, and it was really kind of a, a good opportunity to, to gain that interest. And I think that, you know, upcoming uh, in the industry, like we've got a lot of uh, a lot of room for people to step into roles and stuff. And I think it's always key to start thinking about where can people get their education uh, for the meat science side of things. And, um, and I'll, I'll say it's, I'm not above saying that it's got to start down, you know, even at the high school or younger age level. So Ultrasource that provides that short courses, do you know of, of any other places that provide um, this fundamentals and principles of meat processing? And it could be within the States, but it can be elsewhere as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, I'll say there's various ones that I know of um, on extension levels or depending on, I'll say what, what group you're in, there's some different opportunities. Um, when I first started, one of the first short courses that I went to was actually uh, up in Canada at a company called Hella Spice. Uh, they did a short course where it was a little more focused uh, on, you know, their spices and blends and, and different opportunities, but they, uh, they had a, uh, a German uh, sausage maker teaching the course and he was great to listen to. I mean, it was very, very much hammered home on the principles of, of how you're going to process this meat. And if you don't, uh, you could go to prison type thing. Um, so the, uh, that was a good introduction. And then I also had an opportunity to spend like two weeks with Fry uh, over in Germany, just traveling around and learning uh, a little bit from that venue, but domestically, uh, you know, Iowa State does some short courses that uh, that really give you an opportun opportunity to learn the science behind it. Um, 
I know for our, uh, like undergraduate students in meat science, Tyson does a uh, Beyond Fresh Meat course that I think they really kind of expand out on. And then you've got Beef 101, Pork 101 that kind of give you a, a really broad understanding of the industry. And those are sometimes done on, on more of an extension style level. And it can really vary by the state too. I know there's some states that have some pretty good programs uh, that will routinely like maybe partnered with their, uh, if they have a state meat association, they'll usually try and develop some sort of curriculum. Uh, I'd say that an, an easy route to get some knowledge usually is going to like trade shows like the state ones or the American Association of Meat Processors. They always try to have some uh, further education opportunities uh, to promote learning uh, among the, the people that are part of those organizations. So uh, I know that those are out there as well. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's many above and beyond that uh, that are readily available uh, as well. So as I as we've been visiting, I've been taking notes and I just keep writing the same thing over and over. And I think I it, it, it's necessary to say this, you know, and, and I think you've already mentioned this, Noah. Um, uh, I, I believe I've kind of alluded to it, but the, the point, the, the big takeaway probably from our conversation here is just visit with those uh, that are out there, uh, visit within the industry, visit outside the industry. Let's go meet some more mechanical engineers who have an interest in salami, right? Like let's, let's bring more folks in like that who um, just have a different perspective and a different way of looking at um, the business because like, whether we like it or not, sometimes us meatheads, we, we kind of get in our traditional way of doing things and we need to have that outside influence every once in a while to kind of shake things up and give us that different perspective. I like that you mentioned, you know, reach out to your extension programs. Many states uh, have extension educators, extension specialists, extension agents that are there to support you. And if they, if they don't know the answer, it's an amazing network in its own right they'll find you the answer. We've had some, uh, in fact, we, we, we just recently have had some great discussions with an amazing um, extension meat processor, Dr. John Campbell at, at, uh, at Penn State. You know, um, you've also mentioned uh, American Association of Meat Processors. I've, I send people that direction as well. Nelson Gatos, who's also been on this program, is an amazing resource. We'd love to connect them. Um, uh, National uh, Association uh, or uh, 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 North American Meat Institute. Sorry, <laughs> the name changes, you know, as time goes on. Um, American uh, Meat Science Association. We're, you know, we we're 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 meatheads. We're all involved in that. Um, and then you mentioned go to the state meat processing associations. What a great starting point um, to just start learning more about these things. But I applaud Ultrasource and, and companies like you that are going out and it's not to just, it's not selling equipment. Yeah, we have equipment, we have rubber gloves, we have knives, but we're exchanging knowledge. And how important is that? And that's how you grow business. Yeah, and I'll say that um, to this day, something that always, that has resonated with me that uh, was when I interview, interviewed at Ultrasource was I was told specifically, you don't have to have every answer, but we want you to know where to find that answer. And that, that really is just emphasizing uh, the building of a network and just kind of understanding of, of where it can go. So, I mean, the, uh, 
you know, just where do you get knowledge from and, and how do you build up that network are things that are just key focuses and should go on throughout, throughout a career. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. I think that, that quote, I think I, we for sure going to put it on, on our social media. I love that. And being resourceful is one amazing thing. Like we, we're never going to know everything, but through networking, I mean, you can, you can meet a lot of people that can connect you with more people that they may know the answer of that. I think we, we almost wrapping up this episode and uh, before, before we, uh, we ended, uh, I just want to say that one of one good resource that, that we forgot, or I forgot to mention is MPAM, Niche Meet Processing Assistance Network. Uh, Rebecca leads that. And I think they, they have an amazing program specifically working with, with small and mid-sized meat processors, helping them in, in through networking, pointing people to, to other direction. Also here at K-State, uh, one of the things that we do and not, we hold about 30 to 40 people from Mexico every year where uh, they come all the way to the States for one week here, here in Manhattan, and uh, we'll teach beef and pork fabrication, meat processing. And so we, we have like pretty similar to what you guys do an ultra source, but like, you know, in a, in a week instead of a, in a couple of days. So um, before we leave, could you please tell us, please tell us about one thing, uh, one experience. And last episode, we, we talked about growth opportunities. Something that you that you learned that that really had an impact on on you professionally or emotionally. I don't know if you can think of something. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I probably should have prepped more for that and come up with something really inspiring and just mind awing and and everything like that. But um, it's okay. I, I would yeah I would just go to um, uh, focusing on the education side of things. Like I'll say that from where everyone's at, like, think about, is there anything that you can be doing to, to reach out and, and do stuff uh, to kind of help spark that knowledge for someone else? Um, Cause I really enjoy being part of this industry. I know you guys do as well. Uh, but whether it's a processor, like inviting a high school uh, class to come in and tour and just learn more about the business or, you know, allowing meat schemes to work out, or if you end up being a mentor for someone uh, to me, I think that that's where, uh, that's how we grow as an industry and just uh, better improve our knowledge is just trying to help make sure that, you know, everyone that uh, is looking to get an opportunity to learn gets that. And I think that there's, you know, I could point to a number of people in my career that uh, I think went out of their way to make sure that I had opportunities or was able to learn something uh, when they really didn't have to. Um, you know, one of the, one of the greatest experiences that I had was uh, I was in a plant uh, down in Florida and just happened to run across this guy that had been there for 30 years. And they said, hey, he's a smokehouse expert. And so I said, hey, I'd, I'd like to pick your brain sometime. And, you know, we kind of had a busy schedule going all the way through, but he sat down and took probably two hours out of his day. And we just sat in a conference room and just had a, it was a mind blowing discussion on smokehouses. And it was just really fun to visit with and, just people like that in the industry are the ones that like I look up to that they're always willing to make some time uh, to help someone else get better at what they do.
Uh, well, thank you. Do you have anything to add, Dr. Bass, on that before? No, we... this this was this was a great visit, and and Noah, you just capped it off just perfectly. Just we, we need we need to continue to share knowledge. We need to uh, especially talk to the experts that are out there, folks that have been doing it for a very long time. They're a wealth of knowledge, and uh, in many cases, um, they're they're excited to share it. Cool. Well, thank you, Noah, a lot for for being here today, and and I hope that well, so we have RMC in August. So hopefully we can, we can see you there and, and continue this conversation. And uh, thank you a lot for your time. Yeah, thank you both so much for uh, your time as well and for your time and efforts with the podcast. I think it's been a great resource. That we end this episode. Thank you a lot for listening. If you'd like to receive notifications on the new releases and the new episodes, please subscribe at www.meatspad.com. If you're a small and mid-sized meat processor and you have concerns or questions about a certain topic related to, to meat science and meat processing, please email us at info at Thank you and see you the next time.